podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. Welcome to Run With It, the podcast that brings you business ideas from established entrepreneurs. Each episode, you'll hear a new business idea and the exact steps our guests would take to get started. Follow through and you can earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Here are your hosts, Chris Justin and Ethan Janney. I'm Chris Justin. And I'm Ethan Janney. And today's episode, we have Ali Lefevre. Ali founded Obedient, a one-of-a-kind branding agency focused entirely on leveraging the power of humor in marketing. They've worked with heavy hitters like Chick-fil-A, Dell, and AT&T, as well as fashion, home, and personal care brands like Argent, Parachute, and Sphinx. Uh, Typically on Run With It, we invite successful entrepreneurs to share a new business idea for our listeners to pursue. But um, with Ali, we're going to take a little bit of a different approach. And today, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about who her ideal client might be and basically create, think about creating a business that could be her ideal client. You out there can take the steps to start it and she can become a partner with you in helping you market and brand that particular company that we've come up with as a group. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Ali. Glad to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Sure. So I think it's a good place to start the conversation is we'll just we'll just uh, chat with you for a couple of minutes about what clients you like to work with, like who's somebody that really gets you excited. Maybe you could give an example of a specific client, a specific product, a specific service or something like that, too. So, yeah, who, who's your who, who are your best clients? Yeah, well- yeah, well, in terms of the kind of clients that we've worked on, we've been all over the map in terms of products, services, various industries, um, different stages in their business. Um, I think the the type of client that we get the most excited about is we tend to like product based businesses a little bit more. It's really nice when there is a tangible product that you get to talk about, you get to brand around, you get to market. And I think that it just, it can be a little bit easier for folks to comprehend and understand. So you, so you tend to have to, you tend to be able to skip over some of the educating people and get to have more fun with the creative. So tend to like more product based over service in general, even though we've had some rad uh, service based clients. Um, CPG is always a fun space to play in because it tends to be things folks already have in their home or familiar with or using. Can I interrupt you? Because I'm pausing on CPG. What does that stand for? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Consumer packaged goods. Okay, got it. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. Consumer packaged goods. So like toothpaste or pet food. Um, And so when it comes to ideal projects, we really like to play with a product that is in maybe like a CPG type space that has never been approached in a way that is engaging, entertaining, or really, they've never really had a, had a true personality or a lot of fun with it. And so there's a real opportunity to take something that's maybe traditionally boring or uninteresting or overlooked or just ho-hum mundane and really give it new life and so it can have new shelf life. <laughs> so, uh, so that would be a good starting place for us. Great. And I think right, right off the bat, you know, I, I just moved away back to Chicago, uh, where you also live, but um, I, I'm spending time in New York right now. I used to live in New York and uh, uh, any New Yorker will be so familiar with these subway ads they have. There's always like a new subscription business uh, mm-hmm. on the subway ads in New York City. Yeah. And uh, I feel like that's a great place to go. I mean, subscri- like a subscription, we'll talk about maybe some type of subscription business that takes a, a traditional concept that you wouldn't t- typically subscribe to and sort of make it a fun, engaging, like now it's a process. You're subscribing, you're developing a relationship with your um, with the person or with the business that's providing the product. So, I mean, I'll just throw a few things out there we can brainstorm, but like I know people have gone to do like, uh, I, I met someone the other day who's doing contact lenses. Now they're directly sourcing the contact lenses through a subscription program. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, um, you know, it could be dog food, right? It could be, uh, it could be underwear, right? It could be some sort of, I'm thinking along the lines of something that you absolutely need for health purposes that everybody is like ashamed to talk about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of the things that you had mentioned before we started recording, which I thought was really cool, is you really love going after traditionally boring topics and products. Yeah. Which is, seems like the biggest challenge that you could possibly have, right? If you're if you're a brand marketer built on uh, humor, 
And going after a boring product seems like that would be pretty difficult. But I love that you come in and you're like, yeah, that's that's the best. Those are the best clients. So yeah, maybe we can layer that into it too. If we're talking about a subscription service with something that that uh, is traditionally considered boring. Yeah, well, this is fun for me. Um, I love that you guys threw out subscription because I actually worked at a subscription-based startup um, about seven years ago, which is was my career pre- previous to this, and this was not pre-planned. But um, we were the first to market health and wellness subscription box when they first came hot onto the market. And so I do have a little bit of knowledge of this space, which is fun because I, I think we can really have fun playing with it. Um, yeah, I, I think... Dog food is great. I was thinking like, God, how, how mundane do we want to make it? Batteries, laundry detergent, mm. uh, toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how exciting or enticing that would be as a subscription service, but it definitely is something that you, you do need. Other is this, I mean, I don't want to get too, I mean, are we talking like feminine care products or something like this? I mean, that was uh, definitely on my brain. I just think <laughs> you guys wanted to go down that road, but- but it's something that would be a very cool, sexy concept to bring to market. And I'm not sure if anyone's doing it um, officially. I know I, you know, we had even had a client who was ideating around that idea at one point. But I don't, I don't really know of anything that's on the market that is doing it in a way that is like a very sexy, cool, enticing subscription-based service for, for like, yeah, feminine products. There's something that, I mean, as a woman, I don't feel any shame around, but I, I know that that is a very, can be a very embarrassing quote unquote thing for people to go pick up at the store, even though there doesn't need to be. It's a very human, normal process. But um, that could be something that if you privatize that a little bit, that and, and just stripped out of having to think of that every month and having to make the trudge to the store every single month. And so you made it more convenient. You made it less embarrassing, quote unquote, and you just um, allowed, you, you took the conversation from something that feels shameful to something that was really just uh, humanizing it, normalizing it and making it more relatable. That could be really fun. I'm thinking uh, a feminine care package, which is it flips it from something that, again, you, it's like you're ashamed of, there's a stigma associated with something that you're excited about getting each month. Maybe it comes with like a, a Korean face mask. <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. uh, trying to think of other ideas that would, that could be a luxury, make, make that package feel like a luxury when you're receiving it. Yeah. So just, this sounds like it could be the idea we can start to start to actually flesh out. Yeah, um, just, I just want to verify with you. You'll have to be our resident female to give us the information. <laughs> Obviously guys, I'm a- I'm the go-to uh, knowledge source of this. Yeah. Book. Okay. Good. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think I think that's it. Just as long as you're game for it, um, we can start to explore what would what would make it exciting. And I, I think this is something that isn't hard for someone to like do proof of concept and get started because the actual materials are already there. You don't have to create a new product mm-hmm. as far as what you need to to use. Um, you just have to package it and, you know, deliver it in, in a new way. But it's still actually a product, which, you know, you said you kind of enjoy working with. Yeah, I think this could be really fun. I, I'm already like ideating a bunch of interesting, fresh ways that this could be branded. <laughs> okay. okay, awesome. What else do you think would be included in this this box? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm already thinking like there's definitely, um, without being so explicit on this, podcast, but there people have different experiences um, when they are menstruating. So I, I would I would think about, you know, what is the experience for each individual woman? How many days? What does their flow look like? Um, and so customizing it, maybe there's three different customized styles that you could, you know, that is is more aligned with like how you experience your menstrual cycle. Then it could be, again, I love your idea of taking this experience and how do you how do you make it enjoyable? So it's not just, I'm not just getting a box every month to meet my need. It's actually something that I'm looking forward to because maybe it, it, um, it's what's included will help me navigate this time of, of the month in a way that's a little bit more fun. Maybe it, maybe there's like some sort of like a leave or Tylenol in there. Maybe there's chocolate, maybe, you know, uh, it is very true that women, we experience PMS. Everyone has a different level of it, but we can you know, our, our emotions are, um, they can be all over the place during that time. You know, a lot of things are happening with our body and emotionally and, and cognitively. So 
maybe there's some sort of like fun cards that are meant to like call out and poke fun a little bit of the fact that, you know, um, our moods can shift a little bit in this time of the month. Maybe there's some fun education because even as women, it's amazing how little education we have about our own bodies. And so like, what's actually happening? What's, what is healthy? What is, um, you know, what are we, what should we be anticipating? What, um, what are things to look out for? So there could be a really cool education component again, like educating you in a way that maybe you didn't get when you were younger because your parents didn't want to talk about it, or you didn't get the education at school and you only really learned from your girlfriends or trial and error. Yeah. There could be some really fun partnerships with other brands that again could supplement in the box, which would be cool. I'm just riffing right now. There could I'm be an also, opportunity. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, it's it's kind of got this built-in, uh, nature's given you a subscription service that you may <laughs> particularly subscribe. Oh, I love that. <laughs> subscribe, but you're, yeah, you're already signed up. So what you're can we already do? signed up for the subscription. Yeah, I really like that. That's really actually a fun, like when we, when we brand, when we work with brands, we always start by developing what we call a hook. And it's essentially your brand position. So we'll look at the, the, we'll look at your product and we'll go, okay, based on your goals, your industry, the thing we know about your competitive landscape, you know, all the other things we, we learn about you along the way when we're, when we're getting to know your, your product at a deeper level. And we develop something that we call, initially we call it your point of differentiation. What are, what is it about you that is new, that is different, that is fresh, that could really lead to some notoriety? And then once we identify that position, we wrap it in something we call a hook. And a hook would be kind of like, um, it's, it's your through line. It's the thing that when we're, when we're talking about your brand at a foundational level, it's this core idea that we layer everything else on top of. Sometimes we write it in a way that's really catchy and engaging, so it could, it could be your tagline. But when you mention about nature subscription, like that to me is when I like, oh yeah, that's a really fun thing to play with. That feels almost like more like the hook than just understanding the point of differentiation. But that to me is like a really fun concept to play and run with. Very cool. Look at you. You're like already branding feminine <laughs> products. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> um, I'm thinking also there may be space for, and you can again help be our, our resident expert on this. Mm-hmm. It seems like the, so everybody's got their own cycle, um, but they, they pretty much go with the lunar cycle, right? Is that, that's the case? Or does it sometimes go longer and shorter and you can't predict it like that? It, I mean, there's tracking apps that you can track how long and short it likely will be, but it definitely changes based on diet, exercise, the other females you're hanging out with. Sometimes your cycles line up. If you're experiencing mm-hmm. stress, um, you might have, uh, you might have your cycle either uh, quicker or it might uh, stave off for a little bit longer. So, you know, there, there's like a general cadence every 28 days, but it's not guaranteed by any means. So is there a way, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm driving at here, is there a way through like some sort of app or some sort of tracking or something like that where, you know, it's tailored to the person's cycle. So like you, we know, we know as a business when you're approaching a certain time and it's almost like foreseeing all of the potential problems, you know, we're going to, we're going to, you don't get mailed just like on a monthly basis. It's more of based on your cycle, which would not be monthly, right? It would be yeah. kind of like cyclical based on potentially basically there's the cycles of the moon or something like that. Yeah. There's a really interesting opportunity to partner with some of these cycle tracking apps because they collect a lot of information about you every month because what they're trying to do is as they're aggregating this information, they're trying to get more and more specific and more and more detailed as to when your next cycle is going to begin, how you might feel when you're ovulating, when you're PMSing. And like, it's, it very is, it's, it's really taking, um, you're um, adding all this information into your tracker, but then they're, they're running it against, um, all the other data you've included, et cetera, and your body weight and your age and all that. So there could be a really, you know, I don't know what that would look like, but like some interesting partnership where this subscription is actually in sync with a tracking app that you're using. So it is real time, um, collecting data and, and it, it is able to, um, predict when you're, cycle is going to be. And so maybe it ships things out two weeks ahead of your cycle so that you are prepared for when you are, you know, PMSing and, um, and you're premenstrual and, and preparing you for kind of those different phases of your cycle. So that's, that's a really fun idea that I, as far as I know, no one is doing anything like that. 
Mm. But it's good to know that it's apps in existence because like mm-hmm. seeking out that yeah. partnership, you know, they could be really excited about it because it's just an additional revenue stream for them. They can create a partnership and basically you piggyback on them. It's like a win-win kind mm-hmm. of thing. And maybe you could even be acquired by one of those apps at some point in the future. Very cool. Yeah, I like that. So let's uh, let's take a little step back and dive deeper into the problem itself. What is the the status quo for a woman right now dealing with this and and let's get how deep does this problem go yeah i mean I, you know i think that there is there's a lot of different challenges i think women face in this space i think um one is would be just in general access to products right so that's one um so just having access to products that um you utilize during your cycle, right? Uh, the second is access to quality products. So there are a lot of chemicals that are pumped into your average pad, tampon, etc. Um, and so, not to be too graphic, but when you're, you know, the, if you're using a tampon, that is inserted into your body, and so your body is absorbing everything that is in a tampon. And so um, that is something that I know women as of late have been trying to be a lot more conscious about is because, you know, we're, we're using, you know, X amount every single month and, and we're just exposing our body to unnecessary chemicals. So there are brands that are organic cotton, et cetera, but um, it's a little less mainstream than I think we would like. It's definitely something you'll find at Whole Foods, but have not gone into my local pharmacy and found a, a really high quality brand. So that's second. I think third is there is still a lot of shame and embarrassment around, around menstruation. You know, as even today, I, I mean, I'm in my thirties and women still, when they go to pass each other a tampon, we shove it up our shirt sleeve, we stuff it down our pants. It's like this secret spy mission where we're conspiring together to like pass something off that, 50% of the planet, I mean, well, a subset of 50% of the planet is is experiencing, right? And so there's a lot of shame and embarrassment still attached to it for a lot of a myriad of reasons. Like, you know, uh, that we were so societal reasons, um, you know, uh, potentially religious influence, uh, gender differences, uh, socioeconomic status, um, you know, a whole host of reasons without going, you know, I'm not, I'm not an expert in all of that, but I can just say that there are, there are a lot of, uh, a lot of things that contribute to this idea that women should hide their periods and there should be shame around that. So I'd like to put a pin in this to dive in on that point. The, this idea of the subscription box kind of assuages that, that uh, shame and embarrassment. Mm-hmm. What if we, I'd like to alternate, alternate viewpoint. Mm-hmm. What if we were to approach it from, Hey, let's try and destigmatize this. Let's make this as loud as we can. Let's not make it be embarrassing something that you're, you know, you have to get in your home because you're worried about other people seeing it. What if we, yeah, that could be the route that we go, but what if, mm-hmm. what if we explored a little bit of, of uh, complete opposite of that, which is make it very obvious, like we'll include a sticker, right? <laughs> which it, I don't know what kind of like empowering message we could use. Is, you, you're the expert on that, but mm-hmm. uh, something that we could use that's like, hey, I am, yeah, um, uh, hey, I'm menstruating. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting topic. It's funny. I was actually talking about this with my business partner. I'm, um, I would say, by, by all means, I, I would very much identify myself as a feminist and very much believe that this topic should not be stigmatized. There should should not be shame around it. It should be something we talk about openly. I don't know if I lean fully, and this is a personal opinion, lean fully in the camp of let's wear loud and proud on our, on our uh, clothing or, you know, shout out from the rooftop, rooftops that we're menstruating. Cause to me, it's still a bodily fluid, yeah. you know? Uh, and I, so I think that there still is a privacy element to it. Um, I know that there are people, there are women that would vehemently disagree with me. I, I think I tended to say like nothing to be ashamed of, but it's still a bodily fluid and let's treat that with some In the interest of exploring that I sort of direction that Chris might, one thing that I thought of just when you were talking about, you know, if you're sort of passing a tampon to somebody hiding it in your sleeve or something like that, and, and maybe you can, you can give feedback on whether this sounds like more along the lines of what feels more sort of prideful is like, what if the packaging was kind of like, 
you know, glittered up and decorated in like a fun way. So it's like people would be like, they wouldn't be like, what are you doing? They'll be like, what's that? That looks cool. You know? <laughs> like, oh, it's a Tama. But like, it would be a fun thing, you know, you'd kind of be fun passing around these like mysterious, uh, you know, we are this mysterious feminine ra- race that has these, you know, these like unique little yeah. glittery objects that we pass around or something like that. Does that sound a little bit more along the lines where you could combine the kind of pridefulness and, and, and like loudness and still enjoy it or is, or are we going in the wrong direction? No, no, I don't think that, I think that that's a really fun direction to explore. Absolutely. I mean, you could even have fun copy on the tampons that say something like no need to pass this in secret, like not that. I mean, obviously you flush out a, uh, uh, something a little bit more buttoned up, but maybe they each, uh, maybe they each have like a fortune on it. <laughs> yeah. Like you can have fun with it. Like there's a fortune on it. There's really fun copy that calls out the thing that most women will do with it or whatever. There is a way to bring levity to it and find that middle ground balance between I'm not embarrassed to showcase this, mm-hmm. but also I, I still want to be respectful of, of the, my experience every month or, or whatever, like finding that, that balance. But I think that there is some fun way to just normalize and humanize the packaging because that can be a really fun way to, to start to get people um, just a little bit more comfortable with, with the product too. Yeah. I really like the idea of doing something that's kind of cool and secretive that would make men like jealous of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. that thing you're passing around? <laughs> yeah. Well, what can we say that it was? <laughs> what is the secret? Uh, a cigar. No, I'm trying to think of like, what is the secret uh, skinny product we're passing around? But um, yeah, and I think there's a, again, there's, and that's the fun part of like when we're branding products, like we're looking at all the different angles. We're going, okay, what if we made this loud and in your face? What if we made this more subtle? What if we made this really silly, loosey-goosey? What if we made this really clever and punchy? What if we made it bold and edgy? What if we made it super savage? Like, there's a lot of shades of humor and fun. And that also trickles down into the, into the UX, into the customer experience and into packaging and products and all of that. Like we do design as well. And so, you know, when you start to understand when you're building out like your position and you're building out your personality of a, of a brand, all of those things should fall in alignment with it because then you're going, okay, if we're going to make this less of a subtle product and really want to build some sort of like secret society, fun, playful element to it. Then like the copy reflects that the design reflects that the way the package is, is created and developed reflects that. And so again, I think both, it, it always starts to me with like a really clear position and a really clear personality that you're going to leverage. But then those are really fun ideas to play with. Cause then you go like, you can go louder in one direction or you can go quieter in another. And like, they can each be effective. It's just really going all in with something and having a consistent cohesive experience. Mm. Thinking about this idea of maybe not going completely too loud where you have a message on your, on your body. But uh, what if you were to include something in the care package that women could share with their family that's mm-hmm. a subtle indication that's just like, hey, this is something that, you know, I don't, I, I'm not going through this alone. It makes it less of a alone thing, makes it mm-hmm. easier to, to, you know, cooperate. Maybe it's a movie ticket or I don't know. Some, I'm trying to think of something else that would be just like a, make it easier to share that experience and subtly include them in, in knowing that, okay, this is coming up or maybe that's completely off base, but that was, uh, that was, an avenue that we yeah. can calculate. I don't think it's off base. I think understanding, I think like as long as everything has intentionality and ties back to the core idea or foundational concept that you really want to get across, like, a, you know, like what if it, you know, part of it is like, you know, when you're eliminating stigma, you're in building community around this product, right? And so like, what are other ways to foster community, right? Like maybe there's a private group you join. Maybe there is, some sort of swag that you can carry. Maybe there is opportunities for you know some experiential moments where you can connect with other folks who are part of this um, part of this brand or this community associated with the brand. So I think that I think that there's a lot to play and explore. And again, I think as long as everything feels like it is a launching off point from your kind of core concept and it feels cohesive and consistent. I always think that that's the most important piece of a brand that people often overlook and miss is that they want to do everything, but not everything really makes sense. They think, Oh, just because this partnership is available that we should do it. 
Well, yeah, absolutely. If it makes sense, if it ties seamlessly back together, if you can tell a story around it, why it will, um, you know, it will integrate with, with the current brand or the product. I think there's a lot of fun to be had there. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe by the end of today, you know, because we're trying to think of the way that people could get this started and then come back to us, you know, with something that they started, maybe we could come up with like one to five sort of core concepts that people could latch on to. Of course, they could create their own. Mm-hmm. You know, one could be like nature gave you, uh, you know, a subscription plan. But another one could be like something about being loud and proud or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can at least lay out, say, five examples where people could say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with this one and double down on it, like she said, and sort of make sure that all the steps I take are integrated with that and not getting too far off topic. Yeah, I think that's great. I think in tandem with that, I would ask people to really lay out like who the intended audience is of, of that position, right? Because you're that a position is going to really land differently with different folks. And so if you're going um, the loud and proud route, like maybe that'll land with a certain demographic. Right. Um, and when I think of the audience, I don't think of just demographic data like age, location, things like that. I'm actually thinking like, what is someone's need state? Um, what do they desire? What do they fear? What is important to them? What do they want to experience? Um, what, what, do they, what do you want to evoke from them emotionally? What do you want to evoke from them in response? Like, what action do you want them to take? So starting to think about your audience and like how this concept will um, really play with them and how it speaks directly to them is really important. So I think that's really, those are really two fun things to start to flesh out. So the value of the solution, how much do you think a customer would pay for something like this and why? Mm, I think it really depends on if, uh, I think that there's a lot of factors, right? I think it depends on how robust the package is every month, right? Like what, how customized is it? How robust? Um, if it is just a month to month basis and you're not doing, thinking like three to six months out, trying to think of like on average what I would pay a month for, I think you could probably... 20, my initial guess without really having any factual data to back this up. I'm trying to think back to my days of working at a subscription company, somewhere like 16 to $24 a month. I'm kind of in that range. And that really depends on what's included and how, what the frequency is. Do you have to lock in for a certain amount of time, et cetera. But I think somewhere in that range. So let's talk about what might be included. That'll probably help us with the pricing on it. Mm -hmm. So I got a basket. Well, I don't get a basket, but see, my partner gets a basket mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it's a box that comes in the mail, you know, what's in there? Hmm, what is in there? Well, I think you obviously have the product itself, right? Um, maybe there are different. Can I just interrupt? Cause I don't know. Like yeah. I'm assuming, so this is the product we're talking about, like, uh, like tampons, for example, tampons, right? Yeah. Or pads or panty liners, any, or there's cups, which those don't, those wouldn't be something you'd get on a monthly basis. Those are reusable. So I would kind of take those out of the equation just, just initially. These are things where you would traditionally buy a package and just sort of like sit it in the bathroom under the sink or something. How much, mm-hmm. how long would a typical package last? Really depends on how long your period is and how heavy your flow is. A range of like a week to several months, or is it more like, you know, most everybody needs one every month or... I would say like a typical package, let's say it's like 18 tampons that could last, that could last someone one cycle or, or like a cycle and a half um, if they're heavy. And that's maybe two, maybe two ish cycles. If, if they are not and how much hygiene is a concern, I guess, um, which it should be. And so I think like that. And so it's like probably that coupled with like a panty liner of some sort in case there's any leakage or anything like that. So how much is a typical package of each of those things? Like, so I guess it sounds like we could go with like a the typical package size. Cause that's like the intermediate that would last like a month or a cycle. How much is a typical package? Oh, man, I'm trying to think. God, it's so embarrassing that like I've done this for a long time and I can't even really <laughs> just, you buy it on autopilot for so long. You're like, I don't know. Just give me the same one. I feel like it's in the like $10 ish range. Um, depends if you have coupons and the quality, again, if you're buying a name brand or a Walgreens brand, are you going to Whole Foods and getting organic? I mean, like there's, you know, a bit of a range in there too. I would, I would say that a really nice opportunity would be to to have a higher quality product. Right. My guess is that the type of client you're going after would probably, who wants a subscription service would 
be uh, someone who is used to a subscription type service, who's more, more likely to spend the money for a quality product or more convenience. So um, I think that that could be used to be geared toward. Okay. Yeah, I see here. I'm just looking up online real quick. I see uh, Tampax Pocket Pearl. 30 count, $7 from Target. Also, just for our information, as I searched, I found our competitor, Lola Tampon Subscription Service. Yeah, Lola is a Lola is a product or a brand. They're actually, they're very cool. They, um, they actually have very like subtle, sleek, sexy packaging. I forgot about them. Thank you for mentioning them. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So that can be also an ingredient as we talk about competitors mm-hmm. and how to position ourselves as something unique. You had mentioned including potentially Aleve, chocolate would flowers be something that you think would you'd want to include on a monthly basis i mean possibly yeah i think it'd be like a balance of not wanting to also be too cliche right like uh like chocolate feels like such an easy win and maybe that would be a really nice thing because i think that is something that is uh, you know a very normal request for women when they are pmsing but like i think both honoring the, the truth of like the things we crave and desire and experience every month. And also like, how do we think beyond that and outside of that? So it's just not like, Oh, here's a, here's a Tylenol and chocolate. And that's all you need. <laughs> like, you know, like, is there yeah. a really, is there a cool book? Is there, um, is there a, yeah, like you said, like some sort of, ticket. I mean, but like maybe something that could be a little bit more mass produced than like a, you know, a customized ticket or is there some sort of, kind of think like other luxury experience that, you know, like you mentioned initially, like a facial mask. Yeah. Something like that. But I would think that there'd be some, like some, like, I think there would be like uh, maybe three different elements to it. Um, one would be like the, the customized product itself. Then there'd be something for lead up into your menstrual cycle. So something to like get you there in a way that you feel a little bit more neutralized, happy, healthy, um, all of that. And then, the product is actually for when you're experiencing it. And then maybe there is just some sort of like, you know, when you're finish your period, there's some little, uh, you know, way to pamper yourself and nourish yourself and nurture yourself on the way out of this horrible, shitty experience we have to go through every month. Um, so I think there'd be, it'd be nice to think like in all three phases for, you know, just kind of ideating on the gate. Yeah. What an, I think this, what the interesting opportunity here. I mean, I'm not super familiar with the subscription box space, but it seems to me that in a lot of cases, you can partner with people who have a product and basically get it free or at low cost for your subscribers in the interest of introducing them to a new product. Mm-hmm. And so it, it seems like it could be maybe that thing, that last thing that sort of after afterwards is that mm-hmm. kind of reward or something that prize is something that varies every month and you sort of seek partnerships with with folks that are, that want to expose their product to the market or something like that yeah 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 i think that's great thinking ahead so that could be one of the actions that we lay out for people is to uh, reach out to potential suppliers with uh, products that could match in this box another one that comes to mind comes to mind is uh, an action, since this is a, a marketing focused discussion, we could have one of the tasks that we can throw out to our listeners is to have them come up with um, an, another complementary product that could introduce virality, maybe not virality, but introduce an aspect to the subscription that makes it makes people want to stay subscribed to it. Mm-hmm. Right? It could be like... I, I'm, the idea that came to mind was a book of the month, right? Everyone who's receiving our packages in the in this group that they're receiving a book and they're also, you know, being able to talk about that with other women. It, it builds that community at the same time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be the book, but it's some idea where you can uh, make the experience more than just the, that experience in itself. Yeah, I think that's great. I think I would also just, just to reiterate, like, uh, making sure that there's like an intentionality behind it. There is a mindfulness to it. There that it is also being so respectful that this is an intimate process. And this is something that, you know, isn't fun and exciting for most women to have to go through every single month. Right. Um, so I think like keeping that in mind too, when you're thinking of like, what are some good like partner products that would end up in the box? That makes sense. Cool. So I would say we could we can exit the pricing question. I'm just going to give us a range here. We'll say anywhere from I think you give a minimum of what like fifteen to twenty dollars, and probably no more than like thirty five dollars, depending on what's contained in the package. Yeah, yeah. I would say that that starts to get 
I mean, I think when you start to get above 20, that starts to get a little bit um, too much. It depends on what's in it though. I guess, you know, if, if, if it's, if it's a super valuable and there's a lot of really enticing, exciting stuff in the box, then yeah, then that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Just one more angle that's coming to me too, and also could help with the pricing of it is just marketing it more specifically towards women, professionals, women who are professionals, you mm -hmm. know, really trying to, who are really career focused. Then those things that you include in the package can be around that. Like, how can you focus, keep focused, like keep focused during a difficult time of the month, like keep, um, keep focused on your career, no matter what, like whether it's the time of the month or not. And then being able to market towards a segment that might have a little bit more income to spend on a subscription service. Yeah, I think like there's like an interesting, I love the idea of like professional women. I also think like, how do you not leave out people who are still um, contributing to their family life and society and they still have a lot of things happening on a day-to-day -day basis and they are still extremely busy uh, professional women that may not have to go to a, you know, a job every day, right? So. Right. It, it's like this idea of, of like wherever you spend your energy, where, you know, wherever you, you place your professional, um, like your professional energy or however you're spending your time, like we, you know, we have a solution for you. So I think, and again, I don't say that to shoot you down at all. I just think that um, sometimes there's just uh, a tendency to separate like professional women from moms and think that they somehow differ in terms of needs entirely. And I think like, there's just a lot of stigma around that. And so like, how do we close the gap? And, and like everyone is equally contributing and, and may need that you know, su support. Um, yeah. That's great. I love how informative this episode is to like the... <laughs> yeah, sorry, we're, uh, we're stumbling around here. No, no, it's fun. I mean, it's, I, I don't have all the answers. Yeah, I, like I'm just winging it right now, guys. <laughs> so... Okay, so moving on from the pricing of the product... Market size is the next question. Basically, we're talking about, right, you said 50% of the population, except, you know, there's only a certain portion of us that's going through the cycle um, beyond a certain minimum and maximum age. And then it sounds like potentially, you know, there's competitors out there. The market size has that entire size, what we just said, but maybe you really want to niche down. Maybe there's a real, like, there's some type of community that you want to cater to. Mm -hmm. Like you said, not necessarily their age, but, you know, it could be more along the lines of just sort of like their emotional state, you know, what makes them happy, you know, what kind of uh, triggers uh, get them involved in things and so on and so forth. Yeah, no, um, I, you know, I think like that's, yeah, like the 50% of the market, uh, women who uh, are generally postmen, you know, they're, they're began menstruation, pre-menopausal, so like somewhere in that range, and then taking into account like you know, any, any individuals, you know, extracting from that population, any individuals who maybe, you know, don't experience their period on a regular basis. But yeah, I think the other thing too, is like need state, or maybe just like life stage could be an interesting one. Like, you know, you would definitely market differently to, to girls who are starting a period for the first time. That could be when they're 12, you know, that could be 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old, um, to people who are busy professionals. And when I say professionals, I, I include moms in, into that bundle or people who are, you know, they are pre-menstruation. So they're getting, you know, close to the end of, of their menstruation cycle. I and mean, I don't think it's just as clear as those three segments. Um, but th that those are, you know, there's definitely a, a different approach I would take to all um, all three of those, you know, types of individuals, because they're, they're definitely at, have different education levels, perhaps. Um, they have, you know, different, uh, their, their daily experience is different. I'm sure their menstrual cycles vary incredibly, um, familiarity with their body, access, all of that. So those are all things to take into consideration. So the next question is on competition. We had mentioned one competitor that already exists mm -hmm. without speaking too ill of them, what makes our solution unique from, from them? So I'm looking at the Lola website right now. And I think right off the bat, you know, we're talking to the right person to come up with an alternative because this is kind of, it's just kind of, it looks very general, you know, uh, there's, there's, there isn't, there's definitely no humor here. Mm -hmm. And I think that if it's just that you bring this brand into a place or you bring a brand like a different brand into a world where you know there's a lot of laughter going on there's a lot of kind of you know not making light of something that's difficult but bringing joy to people's lives and i think what really struck me 
when we talked about like what problem are we solving, it's not it more than the thing happening itself. Like there's a lot of the stigma, you know, that we talked about and just kind of like the awkwardness around the particular happening. And so in, in a lot of senses, again, this is really suitable for, for your expertise. You're not really as much solving the, the, the practical problem. You're solving the emotional problem, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the fact that there's humor there, the fact that there's fun there, the fact that it's like become something like social and enjoyable is the solution. So I really like that. Yeah, I think like that's the, so if I'm looking at them as like a starting point, like you, even if you weren't doing anything different, right? Like you were offering very similar product offering as them. I think the personality element is something that could really differentiate you and get really pe- people really excited about what you're doing. It's a very fresh perspective. It, it takes this, you know, core um, challenge um, and it humanizes it. It makes it relatable. It makes it memorable. It makes it energizing. It makes it feel good. It makes it something that is shareable that you're, you you want to talk about. It builds community around it. So I think like that is the power of fun and humor is making something lighthearted without making light of it. We've done that with a lot of different industries. We, we did a, we had a fertility client, right? We have, we're currently working with a private detective. We've worked with an MS organization. Um, so those are all just notoriously like pretty heavy, deep topics and you can bring levity to that and you can bring, um, a sense of understanding and you can bring empathy and you could bring positivity and all these other components. And that's what often can really set you apart is that not that you're always doing something totally different, but that you're approaching it really through a different lens. And that's, that is, and that's new for people. Because they, they, you know, I think this brand is doing something really cool and, and unique, but um, is there a way to, to talk to your audience and, uh, and, and really elevate the conversation by taking a different tone and approach? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, also just like looking at the age range too. I, I mean, I don't know if they have different landing pages and, and different marketing campaigns and so on, but the women, there's like three faces of three women here on the homepage. They look to be in their maybe late 20s, 30s up to 40 or something that's their age that's kind of the age range that's going mm-hmm. on here i don't see like younger girls or anything like that so this is an interesting place you were talking about maybe a place to focus attention yeah i noticed that on their their website i'm actually looking at them right now too they have a my first period kit mm-hmm. but again i think when you're marketing to girls who are 10 years old like your kids you know and that's a big heavy um, burden that gets put on your shoulders at, at such a young age and something that you you will do for many, many years to come, decades to come, likely. And so I think that there's a really, there's a lot of opportunity to approach even just that space in a, in a much different way that it's not like, you know, to not make them feel like, you know, it feels so grown up, right? That can feel so heavy and so um, overwhelming and a little bit scary, even if it's broken down in a very you know easy way to navigate, like, I know when I was a, a girl, I would have liked something that felt a little bit more fun and engaging. Um, when I was exploring and learning about this new topic and, and this new thing my body was doing. So um, yeah, I think there's a real opportunity too to add some more life and energy here. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, the ages that this is happening is also an age where you see like these kind of fads pop up for kids in school, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. it would be kind of cool if there was like a positive fad around this mm-hmm. in school. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, so I think we're, we're doing a pretty good job handling the competition at this point. What's the next question, Chris? The next one here is validation, which is really the, the meat of the podcast here is what are the exact steps you would start with to prove that this idea has legs, what kind of testing can we do and how can you gather some feedback from users? Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. Well, I may be a little, uh, I'm trying to think of, of to start. I mean, I think first and foremost, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you could start with just fleshing out c- concept, right. Is like, you know, what, what is it about your approach to this that is different, that is nuanced, that is unique, that is fresh and again, it may be that you're kind of replicating a model that's already out there and, and adding a really interesting personality and, and foundational idea to it that's really going to drive it in a new direction. Or are you shaking up this industry entirely and saying, okay, well, I see someone doing it, but I think what the missing piece is X or missing piece is Y. So maybe that's one place to start. I think another place is like you could start with 
understanding, again, the market share. It's something I don't know specifically. We were kind of riffing on, on ideas of like what the true market share is, what, what, you know, what, is, what does it look like um, in terms of how many women are purchasing uh, tampons, pads, panty liners, at what age, uh, et cetera. What, what's the average cost monthly? I'm sure that there, that data exists. Um, it could be, you know, are you are you partnering with these brands that already exist and you are compiling them in a subscription box or are you creating your whole new product line yourself? So are you actually sourcing the materials? So, it, you know, what does a partnership look like versus what is sourcing materials looks like, look like? Um, so I think, yeah, and just on the understanding, like, what are, you know, shipping costs and, and uh, things like that. Um, I'm trying to think of when I worked at the subscription company, I led all of the, I was the VP of engagement. So I was doing all customer and user experience. So I was building out the core position and personality and I was creating the website and I was developing the packaging and how do we speak to our consumers. And so that was the part that I really own as opposed to some of the more, you know, operational logistics element of it. But, um, but yeah, let me throw out this guiding principle. I'd say for one of the, the actions that we're looking for to me, if we throw out something that requires a little bit more courage to take some action to, so maybe it's making some phone calls to someone who'd like to bulk seller at, at an organic tampon company, uh, something that, something that shows a little bit of initiative and shows that they're willing to, to be shot down. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think those are, that's a good selection criteria for some of these actions because the people who follow through on those are the, going to be the type of people that you're going to want to partner with people who are courageous action takers i'm imagining um almost like a kickstarter campaign or something like that right presenting the idea in a fun and engaging way which kickstarter really lends itself towards you know you're mm-hmm. kind of like selling a new idea to people and just really trying to get people to sign up you know i think if you can get the products are there you have to be careful about the logistics that you don't underprice the logistics mm-hmm. that you're promising but um if you can even just get people to sign up for you at $20 a month, because um, it looks like this existing product's around like 25 or something. And I mean, one angle that I'm, I'm thinking is actually not the actual individuals that are using the product directly, but maybe it's something that is marketed towards young girls and like their first time or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you're getting parents, you know, who have like empathy and they want to create, you know, sort of like a fun experience out of it. It could be turn out to be super awkward if you do it the wrong way, but but it could be a place where like you're finding your you're finding people who are parents of young kids who are just at that age mm-hmm. and getting them to invest and get excited about the Kickstarter type of thing along with their kids, and therefore they might be willing to invest even a little bit extra. Pricing doesn't matter as much. What matters is that your kid like survives this transition. You know? Yeah. There's something interesting too about like, to, and I would want to think about playing around with this in a way that would be not let let parents off the hook per se, but there is something about helping them navigate awkward situations and conversations or ones that they just aren't fully uh, feel comfortable or feel experienced or feel educated enough to have. And so like, let us be your partner in this. And like, you know, for young girls, like maybe there is some sort of like really fun illustrated book and just like, like the whole experience, like the onboarding package for lack of a better word is just like really entertaining and engaging and memorable. And you feel like you're initiated into this like really cool club for girls. I mean, like there is something there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think a proof of concept that would take some guts, you know, and show that you had what it takes to get there and also show that it's a potential would, you know, just go to five parents of kids that are this age and get ask if they're willing to contribute a hundred dollars for an advanced subscription. If you could raise like 500 bucks just to sort of get started, get some capital, get moving on the idea. I think it at least shows some strength for the idea. Mm-hmm. If parents are like, ah, eh, you know, it's not worth it. I, I, don't, I mean, it's a fun idea, but I wouldn't give you money to get started. And you can do it Kickstarter style. Like just, yeah, we'll refund you. You know, I'll refund you money if I don't move forward with this, but I'm just trying to test to see if, if, if it, gets you excited if it gets your kids excited if it gets girls excited yeah and at a minimum just being willing to have that dialogue um even i think funding is great and kickstarter is nice because you know if you do refund people but just even having some sort of qualitative uh group dialogue with fathers and mothers of girls who are experiencing this like that's a good place to start too. having some sort of formulated 
survey questions where you're taking people through this concept and, and what's their feedback? What are their additional ideas? What would they like to see? What would be a barrier for them? What would, you know, all of those aspects would be really neat. Yeah, I think those are both great ways of approaching it. I had written down survey 100 women as, as a potential action that someone could take is just survey them and get that feedback and collect it and send it back. That takes a little bit of guts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You could make a you, you could make a, also just like a, a Facebook ad, you know, of your concept of it and say, this is what it's going to be like. Here's a survey. If you like the idea, you know, fill out the survey so we can get more details. It sounds like a great direction to go in. Cool. I love it. This is so fun, guys. I'm glad we, we went down this rabbit hole. I'm glad you guys also had the guts to, to go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> I love how it just evolved. Yeah. It really feels quite natural. It's really interesting. The last two questions are about business model and key performance indicators. Do we do we feel like we need to get into those, Chris? What do you think? I think that we've talked about them a good bit and, and uh, we're coming up on time here with Ali, so I want to be respectful of that. Yeah. So, yeah, we really appreciate you taking this time to to talk through this idea with us. Um, I love the enthusiasm you have, the uh, the perspective. You dropped so many knowledge bombs for us uh, that were that were really great. The way that you think about marketing, I, I found it to be a very helpful conversation for me as well. Thank you, thank you, Ali. If people want to connect and learn more about what you're doing, where's a good place for them to go? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you guys for having me on. This is unexplored territory for me, so. Um, I am glad everyone was on the wild ride with us together. Um, so if you want to find, uh, connect with me, you can visit obedientagency.com. Hi at obedientagency.com is our email. Obedient Agency anywhere on the interwebs. And then I, my personal uh, handle is Ali Lefevre. Um, Lefevre is L-E-F-E-V-E-R-E. And feel free to say hi. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, guys. You're the best. All right. Have a good one. You too. Now, it's time for you to run with it. Follow through on the action steps discussed and email a summary of what you did to update at runwithit.fm. Every listener who emails us will gain exclusive access to a private Facebook group of action takers. And one listener will earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Help us build the Run With It community of generous entrepreneurs. Please like, subscribe, and review us online. And remember, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm run, that's R-U-N, and get 15% off your first year.